Thank you for tuning in to the World Overcomers podcast. On behalf of our senior pastor, Andy Thompson, we appreciate your continued support and generosity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates when we post new content every week. If you would like more information or want to make a contribution to World Overcomers or Pastor Andy, visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Once again, that is www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Enjoy the message. Amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. What are we fighting for? Faith. If I can draw your attention to verse number 11, where Paul is writing to Timothy, and he says, gentlemen, he says, but you, man of God, flee from all of this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. The other day I was around Pastor Johnny White, family, Pastor Johnny, and, and who really is the minister of music. You got Pastor Josh, who's the worship pastor, and Pastor Johnny, who's the minister of music, who is really doing it, they, both of them, but they're doing a bang-up job, to be quite honest. If we could just put our hands together and just praise God for how well these young men are doing, guys that are barely in their 30s, no, you got to do a little bit of a better job than that, decided to serve the Lord, dedicated their lives to the ministry, and... If you grew up in church like me, you didn't really hear music like this. I need a witness in the building. If you had somebody that could play in a key, you were really happy about it. And you don't know the work that goes into sounding this well and playing this well. And there are times I'll come in during the week and Pastor Johnny is just back there, just in there playing. Because it don't just happen just by the anointing and the gifting. There's some work that is required. And you don't get quality sound like this and quality worship like this. And it's not till you go someplace else and go back home to your mama's church and go back home and you'll realize, you know, you can almost take for granted how good something is till you get somewhere where it ain't so great anymore. I need a witness. You will take this air conditioning for granted till they ain't got no air. I was in a church on Friday, and we had mama. They had the fans out. They had the fan. Y'all remember the fan with the stick? Don't don't make me call you out. And they had the praying family, and I was and I was waving myself. And you got to be careful with a fan because it don't look. But anyway, I, 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 and I I sat there and I thought, my Lord, my God, world over my mama comers. Anyway. So I was around Pastor Johnny and his lovely wife, Deb, and his two sons help us, Jesus. One of them's four and the other one's almost two. And it reminded me of being around boys. I don't know when was the last time you was around some little boys, but little boys need Jesus. I don't know if you got little boys. Little girls need deliverance. Little boys need Jesus. They need salvation. And I was around those two. It reminded me, because I have triplets, but my boys are 23 now. But I remember 20. It just brought me back to 20 years ago, living in a house with my three little boys 
And, and, and one of the things that I was reminded of when I was around them was little boys are always running. Once they get from crawling and once they start to walking, you, when they get that walking down, next thing you know, they running everywhere. They like to run so much that they like to look at themselves running. If you've ever seen little boys, they will be looking at their body and, and you have to tell them, watch where you're going, watch where you're going. Because they're so into running. They're like, look, I'm running. And before you know it, they off the cliff. Because little boys are running. They love to run. It's almost hard to get them to obey when you say to them, come here. Come here. It's hard to get them to obey. Hard to get little girls to obey because girls are so smart. They got another plan. Girls got another plan of what we should do. Well, which reminds you of how women always have another plan. It sounds like a good idea. I mean, I hear you, you want steak, but I was thinking Mexican. What I'm saying is, is that little girls, hard to get little girls to just do what you ask because they want to make an amendment to the, to the mission. Well, I, yes, I'll make up my bed. I was thinking that. But first, let's go to Chuck E. Cheese. Let's go to Chuck. Anyway, so little girls, hard to get little girls to obey because they, they smart and they're planning and their mouths are quick. Where boys are physical throwing rocks, girls will cuss you, a third grade girl will make you feel like you ain't nobody. I was around one of my little nieces. She was about five in my house, eat my food. Five years old, six years old, in my house, eating cake I made. She looked at me and she said, you're not my favorite uncle. <laughs> I said, little girl, this ain't the People's Choice Awards. I didn't say I was the favorite uncle. I said I was the best uncle. I want an Oscar. I don't care. This ain't about you. And who are you to tell me whether or not I'm good or not? You better get your little narrow. <laughs> are you at me for a second? I, she made me question me. I had to go in the bathroom and look at myself and I had to wipe my tears and say, I'm a good person. I know I am. And then I went back out and said, Ava, you better get out my face. Little girls will tell you. Little boys are barely getting their words together. Little girls play constructive games. All this, listen, all it's just if you want to know how demonic and insane this whole crazy trends this whole moment is is just get around some kids 
Boys are destructive in their playing. Girls play smart games. Boys play dumb games like rock fight. That is the truth. Boys are always running. Boys have a hard time obeying because what you're trying to get them to do is to stop running. They want to run. They don't want to do nothing calm. They want to run. It's so interesting. We reflect our original state. I'm going somewhere. I know where I'm going. But we reflect our original state. That sperm comes out. It's a race. It is a race. The sperm is racing. The egg is coming on down the tube like, ah, let's see. And coming on down. And is there kind of waiting to see who gets to this first? Whoever get with this first get to be something special. It, it's just a sign of how different it is. Boys are running and rushing. So crazy how we're in a world now where the women are doing all of the chasing. The women are doing all of the planning. The women are the ones with all the vision. And gentlemen, somehow the world has turned us into somebody's that want to chill all the time and sit around and play video games and smoke weed and act stupid and act like we ain't got no vision or we ain't chasing after nothing. The devil is a liar. That's not how it's supposed to be. Gentlemen, you started off running you still supposed to be running I've been running for Jesus I feel like a preacher I'm not tired yet anybody running I'm I'm running on to see what there is gonna be he, Paul says man of God gentlemen man of God <laughs> ladies excuse me as I talk to your husbands and your brothers and your friends and my dudes gentlemen he's saying flee from all of this one of the games, one of the reasons why it's hard to get little boys to come here is because little boys like to play a game called catch me. Matter of fact, actually, little kids like to be chased, period. Little boys and little girls. But because some of that is the fight or flight response. Children come hardwired to flee from danger. So they almost want to play a game of practicing where you chase me, chase me. And when they get old, it's hard to get a little boy to come here because there's a little part of him that wants to dodge, trying to put his shoes on, and he's a little trying not to be caught because he's trying to see, are you going to chase him? Because running is what we're built for. And Paul says, first of all, you're running has to be fleeing. Flee from all of this. Flee from all of what, Pastor Andy? All the crazy. Flee from all the stuff that's trying to trip you up. Flee, flee from all the stuff that tries to tear you down. Flee from all. I mean, there's so much to flee from today. He's saying, man of God, you got to get your running shoes on because first of all, you start off 
running away from the stuff that would kill you. The Bible in Hebrews calls it repentance from acts that lead to death. So, so what we're all determined to do is run away from the stuff that would kill us. But it's not enough just to run away. He says, flee, and in your fleeing, pursue. Sure, there's a fleeing, but then in the running, there's a pursuing. So you got to know, well, what are you chasing, bruh? What are you running after? Paul is saying to Timothy, I want you to flee from the stuff that will wreck your brain. Flee from the thought that will destroy your purpose. Flee from the concepts that you are able to acknowledge are not right. Don't be so caught up in your generation's perspective that you can't flee from it if it's destructive. Just because your generation says it don't mean it makes sense. And doesn't mean that it's going to lead to life. So there are some things that you have to be prepared to flee from. I didn't expect to spend this much time on this, but I feel the Holy Ghost right in here. Because what happened to the ecclesia? That means the called out ones. What happened to the fact that salvation, Christianity, being in a relationship with God made you be different so that you stood out so people could tell that there was something different between you and the rest of the dudes you hang with? Oh, I wish I had a witness. The challenge was the dare to be different. When you tell somebody you go to church, they shouldn't be shocked. You go to church? No, they ought to be like, yeah, I could tell that you go to church because there's something different about you because you don't talk like everybody and you don't think like everybody and you don't do what everybody else does. My God, what's wrong with you being a Christian and being different from everybody else? Why you got to somehow fit in and love Jesus? Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God to salvation. For in the gospel, a righteousness is revealed. I'm, I'm just preaching to myself, but it's okay. I don't have to be like everybody else. I'm in Christ. I don't have to think like everybody else. I'm in Christ. I don't, yeah, I got that. I don't go everywhere people go because where I used to go, I don't go no more. The way I used to be, I'm not that way no more. How I used to talk, I don't talk like that anymore. A change, a change has come over me because I gave my life to the Lord. And you know what? He actually took up residence on the inside of me. Somebody should be talking to me. He actually lives on the inside of me and sometimes he just takes me over and I say sorry when I'm barely sorry but I say sorry because it's the right thing to say. 
I would knock you out, but the Holy Ghost has control of the body right now. And so I'm not going to hold you. I'm not going to cuss you out. The old me would have cussed you out. But I'm not going to cuss you out because I have decided to surrender my body to the Holy Ghost. And so now I even gave God my mouth. I gave God my tongue. I gave God my body. I gave God this booty. I gave, I gave this to the Lord. I said, Lord, this is your booty, and I'm not giving it to no man except who you tell me. I, Lord, this thing is yours now. I got to move on. I'm getting into trouble, elder. He says, flee and pursue. For all, of, for all of you that are anywhere around my age, now, let me put my glasses on so I can see <laughs> the, the, the sea of, 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 of black and whiteness. There's some white folks in here with me, hallelujah. But that, that, I, that, that at, this, at this age, I'm wondering, okay, how long am I going to run? Any, anybody remember the, 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 the toy, the slip and slide? Where, where's, where in the over? The slip and slide. Slip and slide was this little, this thing of like rubber, right? This long thing of plastic. It was like a runner that was straight. That water went on. And you ran on it. Then you dove onto your belly. And then you slid to the end of the slip and slide. Right now, elder, sometimes I wonder, Lord, am I still running? Or am I sliding? Have I built up enough momentum to just make it to the end? Have I, have I saved up enough money to stop running and flop down on this big old juicy belly and eat biscuits and just slide on out to the end of my, am I there yet? Or am I still chasing something? I've decided I still got stuff I'm chasing. I don't know who I'm talking to. I still got stuff I'm chasing. I still got stuff. Uh, young folk, watch us. We still got stuff that God hadn't done for us yet. We still have goals. that are, We still have prayers that are yet to be answered. We are in church because we still got stuff that we need God to do. We, we might have salvation together, but we got miracles and words and stuff that we are needing God to do for us. That's why we say hallelujah. We're still praising God in advance for something that he has yet to do. And then when God does something for us, we get excited and we get a new plan. Me and Pastor Al back in the office. That's why me and Pastor Al back there every Sunday, back there talking with one another, and they interview me, and y'all are out here worshiping and shouting, and we praise a little. Me and Pastor Al, and Pastor Al still got plans. Pastor, Al, I'm like Pastor Al, you are. Do you understand? You have run your race. He's like, no, 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 no. I have not. I have not finished my course. He still got stuff. I, I, for a minute, I wanted to rebuke him. Then I thought, you know what? That's how I want to be. When I, when I hit the big seven zero. I'm going to be believing God for something. I'm, I'm going to be looking for God to do something in my life because I'm chasing. Oh, I wish I had a witness in the building. I'm chasing. If you ain't chasing at 30, you ain't. Which, once you start chasing, it's hard to stop.
If you're thinking to yourself, well, I would date an older man, but an older man may not be able to handle me. If an, let me tell you something. Somebody that can handle you, the question is, could he handle it at 40? Well, if he can handle it at 40, chances are he's still trying to handle it at 50. Oh, I need a witness in the building. It means he's in the he is in the habit of handling. He is in the habit of he is in the habit. Just because you fifty don't mean you ain't handling it. I need a witness, and you will find supplements and whatever whatever it is you need. Jesus juice, whatever you're gonna keep on handling because if you handling at fifty, you trying to figure out how to handle at sixty. Don't make me call you out. You are stretching your hamstrings. You don't stop chasing because you get old. Once that thing gets on the inside of you, once that purpose gets on the inside, once that hunger, let God answer one of your prayers. You want to pray some more. Let God make a way for you. You want God to make a way some more. Let, let God do a miracle in your life. You start thinking, oh God, you're a miracle worker. You don't never get tired of God answering prayer. Once you start chasing, you keep chasing. People expecting us to stop chasing. Gray hair, still chasing. Gray beard, still chasing. I'm chasing after him. Something got to be better. There got to be a better way. There got to be a better way for us to be. There's got to be a better way for us to do this. There's got to be a better way for our culture to act. There's got to be a better way. And I'll be in my grave before I stop asking God to move. I'm going to speak that over every one of us in the name of Jesus. You can't get hunger and it go away. He says, you man of God, flee from the junk and pursue this. Pursue Righteousness. Righteousness means being in good standing with God. Chase godliness. Godliness means trying to be like God. Chase faith. Faith is what I'm supposed to be talking about today. I'm about to get to it. Chase love. That means that you ought to be looking for love. Real love. Loving God, loving yourself, loving your children, loving your neighbor, loving what you do, loving this woman. If you got one, gentlemen, that love should be a thing you're pursuing. To chase endurance. Endurance is you tough. Endurance is you patient. Endurance is you can stand the test of times. Endurance is just because it don't happen quick don't mean you can't wait for it to happen. Endurance is you don't move easily. Endurance means you got a stubbornness. Endurance means that you're not going to let go till God bless you. Endurance means that just because it didn't happen today don't mean it's not going to happen tomorrow. I know I'm preaching to somebody besides just myself. I feel like preaching today. Endurance is you're not easily moved by disappointment. This is for everybody, but gentlemen, definitely for us because it's a dangerous world full of men who are so sensitive that every disappointment breaks them down. 
What kind of weak punk man is that? That's the kind of man that shoots up a school. That's the kind of man that goes and shoots up a job. So you get fired. Go get another job. You're not supposed to be so sensitive and you're feeling so hurt, my God. So she broke up with you. Take a nap. Get up tomorrow. And guess what? There's a whole lot more out there. What is wrong with you? This is the over-feminization of men. What do you mean you can't get out the bed? Are you out your mind? Life is tough. Life is hard. Life don't owe you nothing, quite. It don't owe you nothing. And if you're a real man, you will dust yourself off and say, that's all right. God is still in my life. That's all right. It may not go the way I want it to go, but I'm going to do something else. A man says, weeping may endure for a night, but there's going to be some joy in the morning. You might not like me, but I sure do like me. If you can only survive when everything is perfect, you in trouble. Especially if you're a man. Because a man's life is a hard life. He says you got to chase endurance, but you also got to chase gentleness. Meaning that you can't let the fight make you insensitive. There's a fine line to walk in which there's still a kindness that you have. You don't want the fact that you've been betrayed to keep you from trusting anybody in the future. Do you know how many times I've been betrayed? Do you know how many knife wounds I have in my back? See all the gifting that's on this stage? Do you know how much gifting I've led on this stage that don't talk to me no more? Do you know how much gifting I've led on this stage that don't answer my calls? Do I look moved to you? I cried, I cried my tears, I talked to the Lord, and I let that stuff go because otherwise I'll close myself off to the Tony Joneses of the world and the John Davises of the world and the Tyruses. If you let yourself get burnt, you won't be able to trust the new folk that God has to come and be around. You better let that go. You can't tell your new boyfriend everything your last boyfriend did to you. You better let that Negro, you better let that dude go. This dude deserves a clean slate. Shouldn't have to pay back tax for every knucklehead you dated and you tell all of your story. What has happened is that your endurance has made you callous. You don't want to be a worse woman to a worse man. Oh, Jesus. You don't want to serve a thug better than you serve a good guy. And now you're mistaking his kindness for weakness. You were scared that the thug would knock you out. But because I won't, you got an attitude. My, my God, I, I don't deal with that at all. Don't think I'm talking because I deal with that. I don't deal with that. What I'm saying to you, thank you very much. What I'm saying to you is that you need to be careful, gentlemen, telling everybody about your last experience. 
Anthony, a dude told me you can't trust nobody. I said, you can't trust nobody? That's a horrible world to live in. Where you can't trust no one. You're all on your own out here. You know what I'm saying? I done learned from the blah, 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 that you're all on your own. It sounds nice, but it sounds like you haven't forgiven. It sounds like you haven't gotten over it. It sounds like you still got stuff to work through. Well, my daddy left me when I was eight, so that's all on him. Oh, really? Is it really on on him? Might I make a suggestion to you? Find that man. Sit down and have a conversation with him. You don't know his story. You don't know what he went through. You are so siding with your mama that you don't know what she said. And you ought to know because you know how your mom is. You know how your mom is to you. Don't become so tough in your endurance that you lose the ability to connect with the new person that God's about to bring your way. Because can I tell you something? God got a plan for you. God got a plan for me. I'm preaching to somebody. God got a plan for you. God got a plan for me. And your ladder shall be greater. Can I prophesy? Your ladder shall be greater than your former. And if your heart is broken, then it's easier for it to get stuff soaked into it. If this message has blessed or encouraged you, feel free to visit www.worldovercomers.church/podcast and learn more about WOCC or donate to the ministry. This enables us to continue to impact the kingdom in the best way possible. He says in verse 12, fight the good fight of the faith. Fight to take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. I don't know how many of you have gotten into a fight. A fight in your life. I don't know how many of you in your life have gotten into a fight. A ball up your fist trying to whoop somebody's tail fight. Or got into an argument, got into a discussion, got into a heated debate where you fought. And afterwards, your heart was beating fast. I need a witness. In your heart is beating your, your heart. You got to kind of walk that energy off. And you're still talking. Going to tell me what I'm going to do. When I, when I say, blah, 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 I said applesauce. That's what I said. I know I said applesauce. And you, is, you are all heated and upset and fought. I don't know if you've had fights and had so many fights that you can sit back and think, now, what was that fight about? I sat down, sat down with couples, and I said, and they said, yeah, we got to this big time fight. And I was like, yeah, what was that fight about? I can remember being in the fourth grade, in the fifth grade, and in the sixth grade as a young boy getting into fights. Teenagers getting into fights and thinking to myself, what was that fight about? I don't know exactly what you're fighting for right now. I don't know if you have a fighting spirit. I don't know if you've got something down on the inside of you that will fight for it. 
I'm, I'm praying that you do because you have to take it. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom suffered violence, and the violence take it by force. Nobody gonna give blessing to you. You are gonna have to take it. Nobody's gonna. You can't luck it in. You are gonna have to pray for it. You are gonna have to rebuke the devil. You are gonna have to push stuff back. You are gonna have to make a plan. You have to lose your naivete. Stuff ain't just gonna happen magically in your lap. You will have to fight. You got to have something on the inside of you that when you find yourself on your back, you push yourself up and say, oh, the devil is a liar. I am going to fight for my life. Cancer, I'm fighting for my life. Heart disease, I'm fighting for my life. Oh, you don't know who you're talking to. I will fast and pray. I will call my mama. I will call the prayer warriors. I will get, oh, you ain't go. My mama didn't raid no punk now. Now, if it comes to that, I'll fight you. Paul is saying to Timothy, I, what I want you to do is fight for faith. I want you to chase faith down. I want you to pursue faith. I want you to fight the good fight of the faith. I want you to realize that your real fight is for faith. Anybody in this room, anybody that's watching me around the world who feels like you are under demonic attack? As much as the enemy might be trying to take your stuff, you shouldn't be surprised because the Bible says the thief comes not but for to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus has come that you'll have life and that more abundantly. So the role of the enemy is to try to steal things from you. Steal your peace. Steal your joy, steal your money, steal your resources, steal your property, steal your children, steal your confidence. He's trying to steal things from you, but don't miss the big picture. The big picture is that what he's really after is your faith. Because faith is a currency to get all of the other stuff. Because you can lose money but get more money by faith. You can lose property but get more property by faith. You can lose a and get more by faith. You can lose an opportunity and then get more by faith. You can speak it into existence and God will open up a door for you. What the enemy is really trying to get you to do is to give up. And if you, don't forget, if you don't remember anything I said in this 30, 40 minute soliloquy, don't you never give up. Don't you ever give up on what God has for you. Don't you ever give up on your dream. Don't you ever give up on the vision. I speak life into you right now. I speak it into myself. Don't you ever give up on what God said to you, to your dying day. Tell your grandbabies, I didn't get it, but God said something to me. And I believe we're going to get there. Fight to believe. What are we fighting for? We fighting for faith. We fighting to believe. What is faith? We ask that. What is faith? I asked that last week. And I have, I looked at Hebrews 11, and I got these definitions for faith. I actually have seven of them, and I only got to three last week, and it's not, the time is running away, and I don't know how many I'm going to get to them this week, but this was good, though. I minister to myself because I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up till God bless me. Oh, the devil is a liar. God got a word for me. God got a plan for me. And I'm not walking by what I see. I'm walking by what I believe. 
What is faith? He said, well, first of all, faith is a substance. That was what we said last week in the introduction. Now, faith is the substance, meaning that faith defies definition. Faith is not something easily held. Faith is a substance. Faith is a something that you are constantly looking for. You're constantly patting yourself. Where's my faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. And then in verse 3, he said, we, he said, by faith, we understand that the worlds were formed. So we said, number one, just by way of review, that faith is sight. Faith is sight. Faith is understanding. Faith is you see something other people don't see. They look at it, and they see one thing. You look at it, and you see something else. They look at it and see a loss. You look at it and see an opportunity. I don't know if there's anybody in this room like that. I know I'm like, matter of fact, I'm so like that that people call me so that I can tell them how what looks like a loss is actually an opportunity for God to do something really great in your life. And I only like to talk to people like that. Can I give you a little hint, a little bit of it, just a little bit of hint? I don't talk to people who don't have no faith. Oh, help us hold it. Everybody without faith has, is not in my phone. Uh-uh. I only talk to people who can tell me, that's all right. God about to turn that thing around. That's all right. It's about to get better. That's all right. You can still make it. That's all right. It ain't too late. They're the only people I talk to. I don't need anybody telling me what ain't going to work. I have, I have mentors. I have counselors. I have men over me. I do have folks that I'm submitted to that can speak a word to me. I'm talking about in my dark place. In my tough place. I don't have no friends that ain't on my side. I don't have no friends that subtly, secretly are kind of glad that it ain't working because they're a little jealous and they're a little bit of hate. And I got to move on. I like folk that can see how God's about to turn. I like folk who can see how it's about to get better. I like folk who can say to me, congratulations, when I'm at my darkest moment. Faith is sight. In verse 4, he said, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. So we said, number two, that faith is sacrifice. Faith is sacrifice that outlives you. Quite honestly, there is no sacrifice without faith. We said last Sunday, actually, the difference between a sacrifice and charity is faith that's the difference I was in California this past weekend and I was driving down through we were we were riding through and there was a homeless man standing outside and he had a sign out that said God is good all the time at first I thought to myself man you're just saying that because you know that that's a thing that Christians say. God is good all the time and all the time. So you're just figuring if anybody going to give you something, it's going to be a Christian. 
That's what I thought. It's what I reasoned in my mind. And I thought to myself, yeah, well, that's why you said that. And, and, but then the, then the Holy Ghost spoke to me. I don't know if the Holy Ghost talked. The Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, yeah, but maybe, just maybe, he's also testifying to say that just because I'm standing out here don't mean God ain't good. Oh, I wish I had a wit. Just because I look like this don't mean God's not good all the time. But to give to him is charity. That's not sacrifice. That's charity to give him a dollar or two or three or four or five. That's charity. It's not sacrifice. Sacrifice is I'm sowing into you and I have an expectation that I will reap a harvest if I faint not. I had to put my glasses on because my sons are in here. So right now, I'm sowing into my sons. It ain't charity. I'm sowing into them because I expect when I'm old for you to take care of me and not put me in no home. I'm sorry, I'm talking to my sons. I want to be treated nice. I want juice. I want cookies. When I'm 90, give me Oreos. What am I living for? I can eat an Oreo. I'm 90. Take my candy from me. Come visit me. Talk to me. Talk to my nurses. Make sure that they're taking care of me. Make sure I get the right stuff. I expect to reap a harvest if I faint not. I wish I had a witness. I, it's a sacrifice, but it's a sacrifice that's going to pay off. Because I have faith. We said number three. He said by faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. He was not found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken he had this testimony. He pleased God. And without faith it's impossible to please God. For he who comes in must believe that he exists. So we said number three. Faith is relationship. Faith is relationship. Faith in God is relationship with God relationship with someone is faith in someone. You have faith. You have faith that they'll do right. You have faith that they'll act right. Sometimes that faith is tested. Sometimes it's hard to have that faith, but you got to find that faith because there is no relationship without faith. And the reason why some of us don't do relationships well is because our faith is weak. As a matter of fact, the enemy attacks your faith and tries to take your faith from you because if he could take your faith from you, then he could take relationships from you. He make you lose faith in all men, so now you have no faith in any man. You'll never have a relationship with any man if you lose your faith in all men. You'll never have a relationship with any woman if you lose faith in all women. You'll never have any relationship with anybody white if you lose faith in all white people. I didn't get no amen on that. You'll never have a good relationship with anybody black if you lose faith in all black people. You'll never have a good relationship with anybody that's a boomer if you lose faith in all boomers. You lose faith in all extras. You lose faith in all millennials. You think all millennials are a waste? If you lose faith in the generation, you lose faith in the Z's, you won't have a relationship with a Z if you don't have faith in Z's. If your whole perspective about Z's is negative, 
You can have that. You just won't have a relationship with one. Because without faith, there's no relationship. I'm over time. Let me give you one more. My God, Pastor Andy, a whole sermon, and you only gave us one more. Let me give you one more. In verse 7, it's a, it's a big one, though. It's, it's going to be a bit controversial as I'm trying to define faith. In verse number 7, he said, By faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Number four, faith is fear. Faith is fear. Faith is you are warned and you scared and you change. Faith is God speaks to you and says, be careful. A situation happens and says, be careful. I know that we point at fear as if all fear is negative and there is negative fear. But I would contend that there's also a godly fear that makes some sense. Don't have so much faith that you don't do things that are practically wise. Oh, help us, Holy Ghost. <laughs> Make sure that you are careful that you don't become so confident heavenly that you're no earthly good. You're not going to live forever. You need to save some money. Help us, Holy Ghost. You knock on, you don't want to work forever. Better get a pension. Better get a better get a retirement. Better get some insurance. Better save some money. You go into Walmart, you see somebody in there that's 75 working, that ought to scare you. No, I rebuke that fear. I bind that fear. No, no. That fear doesn't need to be bound. That fear needs to be heard. There needs to be a warning. I don't know if I'm the only one. I know I'm not because i got a bunch of men in here with me, but I know I'm not the only one that ignored the fire alarm. You ever be talking to somebody or in somebody's house and you hear the chirp of their fire Detector. Ah! You were to say I was on and out and so I was like, ah! you're on the phone with them, and through the phone, you're hearing, ah! and they just go right on. And so then I went outside and I got me something to eat, but you hear it, and I, I can't help it. I'm like, do you hear that? Do you hear that noise? I don't know if this ever happened to you where you say, do you hear that? And they say, what noise? I'm like, the noise that your smoke detector's battery is dead. It is possible for that 9-volt battery to be so dead and for that chirp to be going on for so long that you cease to hear it. 
There are some of us, God help me, I've been guilty of it, that got so much Holy Ghost that I let the battery in my smoke detector go out. And God was chirping a warning at me that I did not hear and I got burnt. Who is with me in here? Who is, I am rubbing aloe on myself right now from some of them burns. Right now, half of my praying is that God help me with the burns that I got because I ignored the chirp and didn't change the battery in my smoke. I, I got to so naming and claiming it and binding fear that I didn't realize that fear actually made some sense. If they're laying everybody in your department off, time to be scared. I bind that fear in the name of Jesus. You better bind it and get your resume together. You better bind it and start thinking about what you're going to do. No, the devil is a liar. No, the devil ain't a liar. They laying everybody off in your department. Don't be so heavenly minded, you know earthly good. I don't receive that. I don't receive that. That is the most. What do you mean you don't receive it? You don't receive the layoffs. Don't you say that to your employer when they fire you. We're going to have to let you go. I do not receive that. God is in my life. He said he'd make me the head and not the tail. What are you talking about? If they're laying folk off, then get a plan. You can't be scared. The Bible says that by faith, Noah was warned. His spidey sense was tingling. I pray for everybody in here to get a little bit of a, of a sense of a little tingling of a little something don't feel right. A little something on the inside. A little, I'm nervous. I don't know. I don't, I don't feel, they don't do, they sound like they're being honest to you. I don't know. You know what? I've been here before. I did not listen to that voice before. I have learned that when the Holy Ghost says something to me, Thank God for the Holy Ghost. You got to have the Holy Ghost. You got to have God's Spirit to tell you something. You got to have the Spirit to nudge you and say, well, I, 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 watch him, watch him, watch him. Wait, look, 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 look. See that, see that, see that? If you're like me, You've ignored that in the past. I don't want to ignore that no more. I, I, I need to be sensitive to the spirit. I need, I'm like, Lord, I done learned my, am I by my, I said, Lord, I done learned my lesson. Lord, I promise you. Lord, I promise you, I'm going to be careful. I, I, uh-uh. I'm actually scared. Ain't nothing wrong with some fear if it leads you to life. If it makes you smarter, by faith, you ought to have some scared. I have no fear. You have no fear, then you have no wisdom. You have no sense. You, you, I, and I, I understand God has not given us the spirit of fear. Yeah, I hear that, but... This passage here is saying that by faith, Noah got scared. Noah was like, oh, I got to build me an ark. Did you know that you're supposed to build an ark? 
Did you know that? You're supposed to be building an ark right now. You're supposed to be building an ark where you can save your people. It needs to be an ark of saving. It needs to be an ark of investment. It needs to be an ark of insurance. It needs to be an ark. You need to, you better, you better be building up something. What's the point of all this Holy Ghost? And you're not aware of the destruction that is to come. Can I get a witness in the bill? You ought to be like, now, Lord, what exactly is going on with all of this? Well, I better put something away. I better buy me some water. I better buy me some rice. I better be smart because I have the Holy Ghost. And by faith, I can be warned by God and change and escape the plan of the enemy for me and my children. The devil's not going to catch me by surprise. I am aware of his schemes. I'm not giving no place to him. I want to be ready when Jesus comes. And I want to be ready to fight the good fight of the faith. What are we fighting for? Well, we fighting to believe. We fighting to walk by faith and not by sight. We are fighting to build ourselves up in our most holy faith. Holy faith. And my prayer is that whatever attack against you, against me, has, has happened, the weapon was formed, but it shall not prosper. And you might have lost your job, but you don't you dare lose your faith. You might have lost a little bit. You don't you might have lost some money, but don't you dare lose no faith, though. You might have lost a relationship. Don't you lose your faith. Find that. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And we must walk by faith and not by sight. Let's walk by faith right now. Let's give a sacrifice. Let's give sacrificially to the work of the kingdom of God because faith is sacrifice. Now, we've been sacrificing. We made pledges. If you haven't made a pledge yet, it's still not too late. We're going to throw the QR code. You can take a picture of that QR code, and then you can, and if you scan that, it'll take you to the place where not only can you give right now, but you can make a pledge. You're watching live around the world. You can make a pledge. To make a pledge of $1,000 or make a pledge of $2,000 or $5,000 is a move of faith. If you give my way of check, you can make a check payable to WOCC. It's actually an act of faith. It's such an act of faith because for you to say, all right, well, I'll get, if you need an offering envelope, you can raise your hand. If you say, well, I'll give a one-time gift right now, and that's almost not that it's charity, but it's almost charity. 
Well, they're trying to get into Victory Park, and now let me give them. So I'll, I'll give $20. I'll give $25. I, I hear that. But, see, faith is I'll sacrifice and believe that God will return it to me. And, and making a pledge is even more an act of faith because in essence you're saying, not only can I give something now, but I, oh no, I made a pledge. And so I expect to be able to pay on my pledge, which means I expect to be employed. I expect for stuff to get better. I expect for things to turn around. I expect for God to move by his spirit over my life. Can I get a witness in the Instead of being like, oh, I don't, my God, you, you're trying to get me to make a commitment to give $3,000 over the next three months or four months or five months or six months. My God, if that scares you, it's a sign that you need to work on your faith. Because what is your faith saying? What are you saying? Are you saying that you can't give $50 for the rest of the year above and beyond your tithe? Where's your faith? As much as offerings are an act of faith, making a pledge to a building fund is an even greater act of faith. To believe we can get out of this building, to believe that we can build this thing and break ground, even in the middle of, even with COVID, even coming out of the COVID stuff, that we can do this. It's, it's faith. For we walk by faith and not by sight. And there's almost no better way for you to build your faith than to take a step of faith and believe. It's so funny that I was talking about Pastor Johnny and Josh and those guys, you know, this morning in my introductory remarks. And I remember when we first started World Overcomers, we didn't have any musicians at all. Church was just getting started. Remember that? Church was just getting started that first year. We didn't have any music. It was all a cappella. We were just making a joyful noise unto the Lord. And one of my disciples, Bruce Graves, was in Boston, and he was talking about moving here, and he told me about his brother, a guy named Napoleon Graves, and he was like, hey, listen, Napoleon's trying to get out of Boston, and if you, if you, if you offer him a position, he probably will move, and then you'll end up with a guy that can really play the keys, and he was our minister of music for years, and me, he was like, and we'll move up there together, but you'll have to commit that you're going to pay us, and at the time... I didn't have the money to pay them. Do you know just because you don't have the money don't mean God can't move by your spirit over your life? Can I speak that over everybody? No, no, I want you all to receive it. Just because you ain't got the money don't mean you can't get the house. Just because you don't have the money don't mean you can't buy the business. Just because you don't have the money don't mean... Do you know how many people get stuff with no money? Because they believe... came to meet with me they came for a Sunday and they played and and we had an awesome Sunday and afterwards he sat down with I sat down with him and I said to him I can't I was barely getting paid anything I was working at Neal Middle School, help us Jesus. I get a little bit of a shiver. It's a school here in Durham, North Carolina. We're in the Raleigh, Durham area, North Carolina. You need to be given. I was teaching at Neil. It was a rough place. I was a seventh grade language arts teacher teaching people that was, anyway. 
I was barely making any money. I was barely getting paid anything from the church. I said to him, I'm going to offer you a salary that I can not afford, but I believe that if I bring you down here, God's going to turn something around in this situation. I believe that just because I can't afford it don't mean God is not going to make a way. And did he not make a way? Yes, he made a way where there seemed to be no way, but you'll never experience that if it's always got to make sense. I need a witness in the building. If it's always got to add up, if it's always got to, I'm not saying it's always this way, but sometimes, sometimes you just have to be like, well, you know what? God is about to do something in my life. And I am believing that God is going to make a way for me. Can I get a witness? And God is about to make a way for me. And I can be obedient even though I don't know how it's going to happen. I'm going to tell you another story. And I'm gonna, we're going to take this offering and I'm going to pray for you. I had a buddy that was, when I was in Raymond, when I was in school, we were all broke. We were all barely making it. We were all struggling. We were all trying to figure out how we were going to pay for school. None of us had money. We was all broke. And one of my friends had a family, and, and he didn't have any money. He had no money even to pay for food just for his family. Y'all pass it. Don't pass the bucket yet. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I wanna, let me give him this story. This is a powerful story. He said, he said, man, he said, I felt like the Holy Ghost, everybody needs some Holy Ghost. He said, I was like the Holy Ghost told me to go to this fruit stand that I was, when I got there, I was going to be able to buy some fruit and vegetables for my family. He said, although I did not have any money. He said, but I, I figured, but I ain't got no money. What do I have to lose? You cannot be afraid to look foolish. You cannot be afraid to look stupid. He said, so he went. He went down. And when he got to the fruit stand place, it was a covered thing, almost like a farmer's market kind of thing. And there was like straw on the floor. So he's kind of standing on straw and he's just walking around looking at the fruit like, all right, Lord, I don't know. Are you going to send somebody here to what? Well, I don't know what you're going to do. And he said, he was walking and he said he felt the Lord say, stop. He stopped. And the Lord said, praise me. He said, praise you? He said, the Lord said, praise me. I'm sitting right there. I'm like, dude, sir. He said, no. He said, the Lord said, praise me. He said, so he said, I started jumping and leaping and saying hallelujah. And the Lord said, he said, fellow Lord said, yeah, that's good. But I want you to praise me. So he said, well, what other way is there to praise? So he said, he started doing some Holy Ghost shouting. And as he was doing some Holy Ghost shouting, looking down, his feet moved the straw out the way, and there was a $50 bill under the straw. Oh, I need a witness in the building. You don't know what God will do if you will simply be obedient. Just because you ain't got it don't mean God won't provide it. When I say let's make a pledge, a pledge is an act of faith. 
to say, all right, I'm going to make a pledge. I'm going to give to the work of the kingdom of God. So let's do that. So there's things that you can take a picture of that. You can make a pledge. Can I tell you something? If you make a pledge and you pay on that pledge, it will take your faith to a whole nother level. Can I get a witness in the back? It will take your faith to a whole nother level. You tithe, takes your faith to a whole nother level. You will have a whole nother side of faith that you open up to yourself if you simply make a pledge and give to the work of the kingdom of God. God will see that. But what's more, you'll see it. And it will take you to another place. I've talked to you about the vision. I'll talk to you about it some more. But this is a faith matter. You've got to give to the work of the kingdom of God. Come on, let's bow our heads and pray for this offering. God, I want to thank you for this opportunity that we have to give. Lord, I want to thank you for this opportunity we have to sow. Lord, I want to thank you for this opportunity that we have to believe, to walk by faith and not by sight, to be a believer and not a doubter. We ask you to take this offering and multiply it supernaturally to the upbuilding of your kingdom. God, you know what we're trying to do. You see and you know. You know who's in the room. You know who's watching around the world. And we walk by faith and not by sight. And we speak life. We, see, we say to every empty place, be filled. God, we speak blessing over your people as they walk by faith and not by sight. Lord, we absolutely believe that we're going to build this building and break this ground in the fall. We believe. But God, even bigger than that, we're going to grow our faith up. We're going to grow in our most holy faith. We ask you to multiply this seed and do a work in us. And we'll praise you in Jesus' name. We all sit together. God bless you as you give. Amen. Can you put your hands together for that word from God today? Amen. How many are you going to fight with your faith? Amen. Our first-time visitors, can you wave your hands so we can recognize you today? Thank you so much for coming with us, our first-time visitors. Come on, word overcomers. Can we clap our hands and welcome them today? Listen, if you will go to my left immediately after service at the Connection Kiosk and let them know that you're a first-time visitor, we have a gift for you today. In the line of a final announcements, if you sign up to volunteer for Empanada Sundays for My Sister's Closet or the Walk for Hope, if you have already signed up for volunteering, I want you to go immediately after service to our fellowship hall where our first lady is waiting and she has some instructions for you. In addition to that, we have about 76 people that are signed up for the Walk for Hope. Let me tell you, it's not just running. If you want to walk, we need about 25 more people. We want to break that, that 100 people threshold for those that sign up for the Walk for Hope. Will you do that and have somebody to sponsor you? It will go a long way for helping those in Kenya as we go out for projects of hope. Amen. Are you glad that you came to church today? Come on, come on, put your hand down. Are you glad that you came and you received? Did anybody receive a word today? Did anybody receive some encouragement? Amen. Come on. If we could, let's stand to our feet right now. Amen. Anybody plan on having the best week ever? Come on, raise your hand if you plan on having the best week ever. Are you going to exercise your faith for the best week ever this week? Amen. We are expecting God to do some miraculous things on our behalf on this week. Amen. Let's lift our hands. God, we thank you for today. 
We thank you, Lord, for every song that has been sung, every word that has been uttered to, to edify and build your people up. Now, God, we thank you, Lord, that the word has been sown in good soil of our hearts today, and it will produce a mighty, mighty good work and fruit in our lives on this week. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for a week of miracles, a week of prosperity, a week of rescue, and a week of deliverance for your people. Lord, let us come back in this place next week with testimonies of the good work that you have done in our lives. God, we thank you, we love you, and we bless you for the week ahead. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, and amen. Fist bump somebody and tell them I love you in Jesus' name. Hopefully you were blessed and encouraged by this message. Visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast for more information on WOCC and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.